We begin this afternoon with that breaking news. Three alarms worth of companies were called to the scene of a house fire. Firefighters are right now battling a house fire. A large fire broke out on Kenal Street this afternoon. Three firefighters got hurt while battling the flames here. Reports of a house fire. Breaking news right now, clearing the rubble after a two alarm fire and explosion. We can see a lot of Cooking is the leading cause of household fires and fire-related injuries across North America. It is also the second leading cause of fire-related deaths. In the United States, there are about 450 cooking fires every day. And those are just the cooking fires that are reported. The Consumer Product Safety Commission estimates that for every single reported home fire, there are another 30 to 50 fires that go unreported. So saying cooking fires are a big problem is an understatement. This is a story about one woman's tremendous effort to reduce the number of cooking fires in her city and the amazing results that followed. I'm Lieutenant Annie Pickett, and I run the Community Risk Reduction and Outreach Division for the Worcester Fire Department in Worcester, Massachusetts. Worcester, which is not spelled the way it sounds, sits about 40 miles west of Boston. It's a beautiful place, rolling tree-lined hills, quaint suburbs, and an active downtown with a blend of modern and Victorian-era architecture. Worcester is also the second-largest city in the state, with a population just shy of 186,000. This is where Lieutenant Annie Pickett has lived her whole life. And as you just heard, Lieutenant Pickett is a firefighter. What you don't know yet is that keeping people safe is in her blood. I wanted to be a firefighter. I got my dad's badge when I got on the job. I was pinned. Did you hear that? She was pinned with her dad's badge. That's because her dad was a firefighter too. So were three uncles. I had a few family members that were on Worcester Fire Department. My uncle retired as a district chief. My other uncle was a captain. Um, Another uncle was a firefighter. It's very traditional here and um, I wanted to help people. She didn't choose to be a firefighter. She was born to be one. Annie's family has put itself in harm's way for the residents of Worcester for decades. By the early 1980s, Annie was ready to start her journey with the Worcester Fire Department. At the time that I wanted to be a firefighter, there were no female firefighters here in Worcester. And I was redirected to help people perhaps in the emergency medicine field, so I became a paramedic. Redirected. Let me take a quick moment to describe Lieutenant Pickett for you. Annie is not a big person, but it doesn't take long for you to see that she has a big heart and a lot of determination. She's also very respectful and very polite. It's still challenging today for some women to pursue a career in the fire service, But imagine what it was like in the 1980s, and to want to be the first. It says so much about Annie that after being redirected away from the fire service, she chose to become a paramedic. In other words, she was committed to the idea of helping people in her community, one way or another. Or in Annie's case, both ways. So I started working for the city hospital municipal service in 1985 as a paramedic. I came on to the fire department in the year 2000. I was able to keep my paramedic certificate in my paramedic job 
because City Hospital closed down and went private. So UMass Hospital picked up the paramedics. So it was not a conflict for me to work two jobs. Annie served her community as a paramedic through the 1990s. And during this time, she found herself involved in one of the most catastrophic fires the city has ever seen. In early December 1999, emergency services responded to a massive five-alarm fire at the Wooster Cold Storage and Warehouse Company. The fire had been accidentally started by a homeless man and his girlfriend who had been squatting in the vacant building. Firefighters struggled to control the blaze and began a desperate search for the couple, who were believed to still be in the smoke-filled labyrinth of a warehouse. When the fire had finally been extinguished, six brave firefighters had lost their lives. They had been searching for the couple who had fled the scene long before emergency crews had arrived. That fire has forever left a mark on the people of Wooster, especially for those who lost loved ones and colleagues that day. All of this is not something Lieutenant Pickett likes to discuss. That I'm not comfortable talking about. Um... Yeah, we're coming up on the 20th anniversary, and it still seems like it was yesterday. I'm just, uh, I'm not going to go there. It happened almost 20 years ago, and it still feels like it happened yesterday. That's how much of a market left. I'm telling you all this because it's important to the story of Wooster and to understanding why saving lives, civilians and firefighters alike, is so important to Lieutenant Pickett. One year later, Annie Pickett joined the Wooster Fire Department. She was now the first of three women to join the team. We had to pass the same physical agilities test, the same 16-week academy that everybody else did. There were no changes in, in the game plan for us. And so that was important to me and the other two females in the recruit class, that there were no changes to anything. It's impossible not to hear her determination and her pride. Motivated by her family's history and her desire to serve her community, Lieutenant Pickett jumped into her new career with both feet. Not long after, Annie began to see how important collecting and crunching fire data was to the goal of reducing fire risk in her community. The year I started looking at the statistics, we actually had a civilian fire Death. We had gone a few years without a civilian fire death in the city of Worcester, which was really good for the second largest city in New England. Um, we had a civilian death. I started looking at the fire data. Uh, we also had a, a firefighter line of duty death in 2011, the warehouse fire in 1999, um, another line of duty death December of, of last year. So I started looking at the data and cooking fires came up as the most popular fire problem call. Lieutenant Pickett also discovered a concerning increase in the rate at which these unattended cooking fires were happening. In 2014, 559 unattended cooking fires were reported throughout the city of Wooster. The following year, that number grew to 578 but that's not all the numbers revealed. When I started looking at areas of the city where these fires were happening, 
Um, they seem to be condensed in a certain area. And then I noticed that it was certain buildings, which the high-rise buildings, that made sense because the population was going to be higher. And then when I looked at the property analysis, they were owned by um, our number one landlord in the city, which was the Worcester Housing Authority. So let's just take a minute to unpack what Annie said there. She gathers the available data on fire incidents in the city of Worcester. The data confirms that fires are a problem, but the bigger problem is cooking fires. And where are a lot of these cooking fires happening? In larger, multifamily apartment buildings. Which makes sense. More people, greater risk. Who owns most of the buildings where these cooking fires are happening? The city's largest landlord, which in this case is the Worcester Housing Authority. In 2015, 138 of the city's unattended cooking fires came from four high-rise apartment buildings. Nearly a quarter of the city's cooking fires came from four buildings owned by the housing authority. Oh, and the damage to property in those four buildings. <laughs> from cooking fires? More than $500,000. You know, these are high-rise situations too, so it's not just obvious that fire will consume everything, but logistically, um, Fighting these fires can be more difficult um, gaining access to the stairwells with, you know, high-rise packs and other heavy equipment. So it would, in the long term, also reduce firefighter injuries, not just uh, property loss and civilian injuries. And there you have Lieutenant Pickett. Remember, she was born to do this. She wants to keep people and property safe from cooking fires. She wants to help protect the residents in her community where these cooking fires are happening. And she wants to help her brothers and sisters in the fire service who put their lives on the line every time a cooking fire call comes in. Again, this division was brought up from, you know, multiple losses within our department, but these losses happen all across the country. Um, so to reduce the cooking fire incidents in the city of Worcester, I mean, that's the number one reason why we have residential home fires. So um, did a lot of this come from uh, f losses of friends of mine? Yes. You know, a lot of the brainstorming behind the scenes came from, you know, how can I make this better? So now that Annie had used the data to help define the nature and scale of the cooking fire problem in Worcester, what next? How do you prevent cooking fires from happening in the first place? So I was at a state conference in Massachusetts and there was a vendor and he had a, a burner at his table and he had a paper towel on the burner and he had the burner on high and he was boiling water. And I went over there, I was pretty fascinated that the paper towel didn't ignite. Annie had stumbled upon the booth of pioneering technology where the rep was showcasing its temperature-limiting control technology for electric coil stoves. Sold as an aftermarket solution, they replace a stove's electric coils with solid cast-iron burners designed to regulate temperature and help prevent cooking fires. People can still cook, fry, or boil, but the burners avoid the high temperatures that can cause cooking oil or household items to ignite. It was the first time I'd ever seen that technology, 
And when I was looking to see how I could use it in my city, then you needed an electrician to put it in. And that was a little bit over my head. They did change the technology to make it that you could just uh, pull out the old burners, put in the new burners. So I, I revisited that. I went to the housing authority with that. At first, Lieutenant Pickett only worked with the Wooster Housing Authority. Repeated efforts were made to secure government funds to purchase and install this new cooking fire prevention technology. But it wasn't until the housing authority and the city's fire department came and partnered together on a larger prevention education initiative that the grant application was successful. Now they had the money needed to retrofit old stovetop coil elements with smart burners in the four housing authority buildings. The federal government really liked the fact that the fire department was partnering with the Worcester, the housing authority. Once we were successful, you know, of course there was tons of planning and logistics that needed to be worked out, but it was just a matter of let's just keep going for this till we're successful. Coordinating and implementing a program with so many moving parts seemed daunting at times, but Lieutenant Pickett had made the decision to see this plan work. Did I have pushback? I know that was the question. Um, It was just a matter of opening up that initial line of communication. You know, people are so used to uh, the fire department always was inspecting or enforcing, you know, and now here I am trying to educate and do good old-fashioned community risk reduction that doesn't really necessarily involve a heavy enforcement or inspection. Engineering and education are in the forefront, you know, Um, So that was a different theory all on its own. So I guess if there was any kind of obstacles or pushback, it was just a matter of, you know, let's work together to try to solve this problem. I need your help. You need my help type of thing. Since the first phase of the program began in September of 2017, the results have been outstanding. How do you eat an elephant, right? One bite at a time. So we looked at fire data and we looked at all the property with the housing authority. And we targeted not just the four buildings with the highest number of incidences, but we then did a risk analysis on those buildings. And we found out 100% of those units had older adults. 86% of the older adults had a disability or mobility issue. And 100% was low income and 15% of that group, those first four buildings, was no income at all. Once we identified the four buildings we wanted to work with and did the risk analysis, found our target, that was roughly, um, I don't know, 700, 800 uh, units. The order for smart burners to retrofit the four buildings had come in under cost, leaving the fire department and the housing authority with some extra funds. From this, they were able to target another 65 unit building a different building that suffered a kitchen fire just as the smart burner rollout was happening in the first four buildings. And there was a huge loss there, a loss of one whole unit, uh, two, three other units with exposure and fire and water damage. And we were very lucky there was no loss of life there. That 65-unit building, plus the four original buildings, totaling around 800 units, was just the first round of funding. We decided real early on that we were going to just keep going for funding Uh, So to date, I guess to date, we're getting close to 3,000 units or 12,000 burners. (laughs) So 
After endless hours of data collection and research, countless rounds of funding, building a sustainable partnership between the Housing Authority and the Fire Department, and installing 12,000 smart burners, was it worth it? Are people and property safer? We had 138 stovetop incidences in 2015. There was property loss, firefighter injuries, and there was an, a loss of life in the city of Worcester. Um, to present date, since we've started this installation process, there's been zero stovetop fires where these burners have been um, installed. No property loss, and there's also been in the initial four buildings. Initially, it showed that there was a 96% reduction in emergency response. Think about what she just said: zero stovetop fires, no property loss, and a 96% reduction in emergency response. Was it worth it? The program basically paid for itself in one year. Fewer emergency calls, no fires. No property damage, no water damage, no fire-related injuries or deaths in any of the properties that had switched to SmartBurner. Yes, it was definitely worth it. Oh, and if for some reason you're still not convinced about the value of cooking fire prevention technology, this should change your mind. Um, we did have uh, one incident, and when we were told that there was a fire... In one of the units, we went right up there, and what what had happened actually is the smart burner was removed and the old coil burner was put back in. So, none of the apartments that are equipped with smart burner have had a cooking fire. But there's one apartment where the tenant replaces smart burner with an old-style electric coil, and what happens? A cooking fire. Not surprisingly, the Housing Authority has now implemented guidelines and a new standard operating procedure to avoid future tampering with their cooking fire prevention equipment. And they've even updated their rental agreements to include those guidelines. When we came up with this program with Housing Authority working together, we learned something every step of the way, lessons learned. If you look at the amendment we wrote on the first round of installs, that one cooking fire in that unit wound up displacing four separate units and it was a total loss and you know um, for a quarter of that loss that loss of one incident the fire loss never mind we got lucky that we didn't have a loss of life but just the property loss in that one incident um, we could have outfitted that whole complex for a quarter of that with this technology which is just what I liked about it so much is it's truly proactive and it prevents the cooking fire from happening before it starts. And there she is again, the determined Lieutenant Pickett who ultimately is only focused on helping to keep people in her community safe. It's all she's ever done, either as a paramedic or a firefighter. She was born into a family of firefighters but was redirected to another profession. She became a paramedic and then blazed a trail right back into the fire department. She studied the fire data in her city, found an opportunity to help, and did everything she could to do just that. Wooster is lucky to have a lieutenant picket. I've been a lieutenant for uh, 11 years, and I'm getting ready to retire. 